Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. So I'll say good morning, and I'm going to share with you the class focus. That's the attempt of our time up here is to shape the class. And so we're pulling towards the same thing, kind of, but you as the individual within the collective. That's the idea, that we shape the class and so you understand why I'm teaching what I'm teaching and why I'm focused on this particular part of the body, which is your lumbar spine. And that's the premise of my teaching. I, pick, I, I choose a particular part of the body and I focus in on that during the entire class. No escape. <laughs> and that supports the style of my teaching, which is a therapeutic style of teaching. Our body is a reservoir of experience and we hold experiences in the body, a filtration system. And sometimes we have to cl clean the filter. That's the premise of this practice, you could say, is the ability to clean the filter, which is you and your body and your space. And so on the lumbar spine, you can see up on the boards and I love whiteboards, I put distinctions up there to attempt to solve some problems. And that's the, again, the premise of, well, again, the premise of my teaching is how to solve some problems. If we're not doing that, what the hell are we doing? Great question, right? <laughs> You're head to toe in problems. And so the idea is to be a masterful problem solver and this practice supports that end, to be a masterful problem solver. Every pose is a problem and the idea is you solve it and then you move on to the next problem and you solve it, such as life. So on the lumbar spine, you can see up on the board what we hold down on the lumbar spine, but off to the sides is self-sabotage and how we self-sabotage ourselves and how that can lead to not enough abundance as we self-sabotage. And then you can ask yourself, well, do I self-sabotage? And hopefully the, the answer that comes to you is yes, yes, I do. And quite often, because that's true, that we can do that often, self-sabotage, and we can strip the abundance out of our lives very easily. What also lives down in this part of the body is being pissed off being pissed off itself and being pissed off at life. You could also ask yourself that, well, am I pissed off at myself? And am I pissed off at life sometimes? And the honest answer is yes, of course I am. Maybe that's true for you right now. I don't know, could be true. <laughs> so pissed off that you came here, maybe. <laughs> Trying to get some relief from yourself. Wouldn't that be amazing? And again, that's also the attempt of this beautiful practice called yoga to get some relief from yourself, goodness gracious. And why I'm focused on this particular part of the body because it supports the theme I'm attempting to solve, which is empathy. I've been tracking empathy for a while and just trying to make sense of it on my own. And so I thought I'd share it with you and see if it resonates with you, if it makes any sense to you. Empathy is complex, like every emotion. Every experience is quite complex. And so that's the premise of the whiteboards is trying to break this thing down. And so it is simplified. Empathy is one of the ways in which we can, I'll put it this way. Empathy is one of the ways in which we can, a vehicle in which we can use to self-sabotage. So it's a vehicle in which we can use to self-sabotage empathy. Maybe you have an excessive amount of empathy, not ideal. 
Maybe you lack empathy, not ideal. And when we play these two extremes out, it's a vehicle for self-sabotage, certainly. And perhaps you can see this through this conversation. So I'm gonna walk you through this. Excessive empathy, the tendency is to take charge of those around you, around them, huh? you, let's say you. So if you have excessive empathy, the idea is to take charge of people around you and say something, I see you as an endless permanent victim. You poor thing. Just come on in here and I'll take care of you. Let me squeeze you up and love you up. <laughs> Feed you, pet you, whatever, you. It's kind of like the smothering experience, which can be challenging, certainly to behave that way. And then the poor person that we're smothering, oh my goodness, they're having a difficult time because they can't breathe. That's how it can be. No space, can't breathe. Ah, I'm being smothered. That's how it can be with an excess amount of empathy towards somebody. I'll take care of you because you clearly can't take care of yourself. That's the message. You hapless bunny. Here's a carrot and some water. What do you need me to do for you? Because clearly you can't take care of yourself. And so let me do that for you. Mm, 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 mm. There's a part of us that loves that. The great caretaker. And often one is not enough. We'll start collecting hapless bunnies around us. Until that's the role in which we play. The one that care takes those around us. And there's something we get from doing such a thing. That's for sure. You want to understand if you resonate with this, it's like, hmm, I wonder what I get from behaving this way. What is it? And there's an answer. Oh, yes. Some head nodding out there. There's definitely an answer out there. And you want to know what you're after because you're after something. And it's not a random thing that you're after. Something very specific that you know oh so well. That has value to you. Lack of empathy. The tendency is to focus on faults versus understanding. So those that lack empathy focus on faults, the faults of others versus attempting to understand who they are as an individual. And it sounds something like this. I see you as a perpetual simpleton. They can't get anything right. Oh, you sad thing. Just get out of the way and I'll do it. You sad thing. Yeah, just sit. You're going to mess it up anyways. You're a klutz. Don't have much skill. Just move out of the way and I'll do it. Whatever that may be. So much so that we can just be that. The one that swoops in, pushes people off to the side to do the things that clearly they can't. They can't do. There's too many faults. And so let me do these things for you. You simpleton, move out of the way. I'll criticize you to motivate you to be better. Then perhaps you'll be useful. Ooh, that's an interesting approach. Let me criticize you and toast you a bit. See if that motivates you to be better. 
And then just maybe I'll respect you. Maybe. Excess empathy, we use it to get something. A lack of empathy, we use it to get something. The way I see it, both of those extremes were playing out for a particular reason. We get something and we can use the vehicle of empathy to get what we want. And that's a very curious question. So out of curiosity, which one do you resonate with the most? Do you have an excess of empathy or do you lack it? And it's gonna shift and change, we know that. Person to person, relationship to relationship, we know that. But predominantly, which one? Which one? Oh, you know. Will you say it? I don't know. <laughs> this is where you get to participate. Which one do you resonate with the most? Excess or lack of? Lack of? Holy cow. I ask and it comes, all these answers. Okay. <laughs> I heard some lacks. Is that how I heard it? And excessive? Yes, of course. It'll shift and change. Yeah. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. We're so calculated. What, what did you say? Excess. Okay. It's good to know how you posture yourself in relationships. Very important. The way I see this is it's a power play. There's a part of us at least that likes to be more powerful than the other, those that we're in a relationship with. And so it's a power play. There's a power play of being the caretaker. Of course, we see somebody as the hapless bunny. They can't take care of themselves. And if we lack empathy, we see people as the perpetual simpleton, the useless baby. We can't get anything quite right. And in that, ha, that's a power play. You're less than me. I'm more than you. Let me do. You don't. And how we can weaken those around us through this experience, because that's exactly what happens. And there is a part of you that wants that. Do not fool yourself. There's a part of you that wants people around you weaker than you. And that's a hell of a confrontation to take on that part of you that is concerned, fearful that if things go south, you may not win. And you know what that means if you lose. The worst case scenario, you die. And so you could say this is attached to our survival, that I have to be more powerful than you just in case just in case an argument comes up, just in case, I don't know, something happens. And so one of the ways in which we can posture ourselves in relationships is through this vehicle of empathy. I have a tendency to lack empathy. I'd say that's my predominant approach is to lack empathy. And so I can get frustrated and overly optimistic. <laughs> Those are the extremes I can play out. But oh yeah, you'll get it. You just need some time and all these kinds of things. 
And so it can be overly optimistic with somebody and also frustrated. When will you get it right? Let me do it. These kinds of things. If I call on excessive empathy, which I can, and I tend to do that with those that are closest to me, I can become the rescuer or the one that aids, which isn't good for me, nor is it good for those around me. Because what can happen is I'm doing more than others. And if I'm not careful, those that are around me will get used to that. <laughs> it's like, wow, I can just put it in neutral. This is quite nice. Let me just coast here a bit. Everything's being done for me. This is kind of nice. I don't have to do much. And we can play that out. We have people in our lives that do that for us so we can put it in neutral and coast and we can do that for others. Do that too often in the coast. We come to a stop. We slow down and stop at some point. And that's the death of something. The death of self, the death of relationship, the death of something is coming if we coast for too long. And so the idea is to be very attentive to the roles in which you play and how you use empathy as a vehicle, as a power play in your relationships. And so if we're doing it outside in our relationships, just imagine what's happening inside. Oh my goodness. There's also a power play happening within. With parts of you that you have too much empathy and allowing yourself to coast too much and then there's the other side of you that lacks empathy, that is berating you and slapping yourself around, <laughs> slapping you around. And so you also want to notice those tracks that are playing out within you. And so let me ask you a question in the attempt to make this real for you. Where do you have an excessive amount of empathy in your life? Where or with whom? Oh, things just got real. How would you say that out loud? Where or with whom? You have an excess amount of empathy. Say it again. When you love somebody. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Very good. Your work. Okay. Thanks for that. Family. Thank you. Your marriage. Thank you for that. One of your students. Thank you for that. Yourself. Thank you for that. Your mom. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Good. So that's the excess amount of empathy that you can have. Where do you lack it? And with whom? Where and with whom? Myself. Great. With myself. Thank you for that. I'm <laughs> just laying it out. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> that is me. Yes. That is me. <laughs> Yeah, similar? Yeah. Where do you lack empathy? Where and with whom? People that are very different from you? Yes. Okay. So you can't understand. Very good. Thank you for that. Those who have wronged me. Those that have wronged you. Okay, very good. Thank you for that. I would say that it varies between lack of empathy and 
achieve something. Yep. And excess is empathy when I am being lazy or not trying to achieve something. Okay. Yeah, good. I like the distinction. So it plays out in whether you're achieving or don't want to achieve in any given moment. Okay, good. All right, thanks for that. Thanks for sharing. Hi. I, sorry, I have excessive empathy with my children. With your children? Yeah. Um, with who? Yes. Yeah, lack of empathy with the hub. Yes. Okay, yeah. And an excess amount of empathy with the kids. Okay, very good. Thanks for that. Mm -hmm. And how confusing that must be for your husband. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, <laughs> what is happening here? Where is my empathy? <laughs> Clearly you have it. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's an also an interesting thing to note. People pay attention that we're in relationship with and they notice. They certainly pay attention to how we operate and move. And so why do we give it here and not there? What's going on there? Very curious. And worthwhile asking yourself every once in a while, what's up in your relationship to yourself? What's up with your relationship to others? And how fair and balanced are you behaving and being towards yourself and those that you care about? Sometimes we don't pause to ask these kinds of questions. That's my attempt in my teaching to pause you to ask you questions. And so you go back to your mat with some questions and searching out some difficult questions and making an inquiry for you on your mat. So at the end of it, perhaps you're that much more balanced in terms of your relationship to empathy. Hi, I'm just jumping right in. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Uh huh. Okay. Do you have any recommendations on how can we formulate these questions for ourselves and not jump into what's so bad? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so. So ask yourself questions less for the conclusion, but more of like a yeah, from a curious state. So there could be multiple answers coming away versus just one, something like that. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the idea of these conversations is to open up some kind of a portal where you're asking yourself some questions and how you move and behave when it comes to empathy. And what's curious about that is that you're in multiple relationships, I imagine. You have family, you have friends, you have coworkers, you have people that uh, you care for more than others, these kinds of things. And you could spend certainly the next 60 minutes asking yourself all sorts of questions of why you behave certain ways in relationships and not ways in others and see what comes up. I would say that you could start with your definition of empathy and what that means to you to ask yourself that question to begin. What does empathy actually mean to you and how to define that? And you can define it on your mat because you're the target. All right. Of your excess empathy or the lack of it. And you're going to see it on your mat. It's like, Ooh, where you're like pushing yourself into some pose that perhaps you don't need to be in, or you can back off from, or maybe it's you're backing off too much in certain poses and giving yourself too much flexibility or softness or cushion, something like that. But I like the question about questions. Yeah. <laughs> 
so from these extremes, you could say the idea is to create a balanced approach. And so this is some distinctions up there around a balanced approach. You just can't feel nor just think. And sometimes we can behave in a way that those are separate from each other. They're not. That's how we can behave or take these uh, practices on. I'm either thinking or I am just feeling. And the idea is to create some combination where you have to feel, think, and articulate. So you feel, you think, you articulate, you have a position around something and you bring that posturing into your relationships and to test out the hypothesis that you just created for yourself. And to really test it in your relationships. Is this the right approach? Is it working? Am I getting closer to people or am I getting farther away? If you're getting closer to people, then it's a good hypothesis to continue to explore. If you're getting farther away, perhaps you need to abandon it or adjust it in some ways. It's one of the beautiful benefits of being in relationships. You get to test out your theories to see if they work. That's the beauty of the mind. This isn't working. Come up with something else up here, down here. The dynamic balance of practices creates understanding, trust, and cooperation, certainly within and with others. And that is the attempt. That has to be the attempt to create understanding, trust, and cooperation. If you're not doing that, what are you doing? And you know what you're doing. You're self-sabotaging yourself, which is a bad idea, and stripping yourself, stripping abundance out of your life. And if we're not paying attention and being conscious, that's exactly what we're doing and creating conflict. And hot damn, you're good at creating conflict, aren't you? Yes, you are. You're gonna see that on your mat, how conflicted you actually are. And if that's true here, it's true out there as well. This foundation is the bedrock of meaningful relationships, meaning understanding, trust, and cooperation. It's necessary to have the kinds of relationships you wanna have. Therefore, the idea is to be focused on the human experience itself, your experience, other people's experience, very important, and not just one dimension, such as output. What am I doing or not doing? What are you doing or not doing? We can have such a focus on output, what we're doing and not doing. And we can miss the experience, which is important. That's what we're after, a particular kind of experience. That's why you're here. You're looking for a particular experience. Again, it's not random. You don't do random things. That's the consideration. You're very calculated looking for a particular outcome. The very reason why you're here in this space is the very reason why you're about to be on your mat. These kinds of things. And to pay attention to what it is you're after, actually after. And are you pursuing it, creating that for you? Do you have the capacity? Or do you simply leverage other people to create that experience for you? That's needed sometimes, sometimes, to have good people around us that can support an experience, but they can't be the case all of the time. We become too reliant, too dependent. The discipline will, pro you, pro the discipline will provide you new ways to contribute and encourage where it's needed the most, where struggle exists. That's the beautiful element of empathy. How do I start to understand you? How do you start to understand me in a way that we can support and encourage each other through our struggles? We're struggling. You know that? Nobody knows that better than you. 
how you struggle and specifically what you're struggling about. And if that becomes a conversation with other people, wow, that's a beautiful thing. People can start to feel us differently because we are taking the posture of vulnerability and openness and trust, developing understanding, cooperation. And it's often something we miss. We don't like to talk about what we, where we struggle and what we struggle about. No, thank you. You don't, you don't get to know that part of me. <laughs> but it's such a miss and one of the ways in which we self-sabotage. We don't share ourselves as fully as we could. The very reason why it's so difficult at times for people to feel you and understand you. And we behave that way. We block empathy. There's no access to it. When we're hiding, being skewed, justified in all the ways in which we turn away from what we say we want. And so empathy is a key element, a key quality we need to be healthy, but it has to be balanced. And that's the attempt in your practice to balance yourself in this strange experience called empathy. I have one last question before you move on. One last question. Excessive empathy or a lack of it? How do you see people? Do you see them as the hapless bunny <laughs> or, the, or the useless baby or whatever it is? How do you see people through your predominant approach to empathy? How do you put that in words? Probably something you don't want to say out loud, but it'll be so interesting to hear it. And there's an excess of empathy. How do you see people? What's that perspective? How do you put it into words? Or if you lack empathy, how do you see people? Incompetent. Thank you for that. Very good. And so that's a lack of empathy, I'd say. Yeah. Okay, good. I, if it's someone wrong me, I come to a place of anger, which underneath that is hurt. Okay. All right. It's not my Okay. Hurt. Good. Okay, less able to do something than I am. Very good. Thanks for that. Mm -hmm. I see myself in them. Okay, so you see yourself in other people and that leaves you feeling sad. Okay. And what do you see at times in other people? Helplessness and hopelessness. Okay. Helplessness and hopelessness. The H's. Aye, aye, aye. Okay. Thanks for that. Appreciate your honesty. Very good. Anybody else? And jump into the conversation. Okay. Okay. So in excess empathy, you see them as helpless and have been hurt and need some tenderness and support. And then the lack of empathy, you see people as pitiful. Very specific, isn't it? Very good. Thanks for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, good. Yep. Gives you a purpose, gives you a reason. Okay, very good. Over responsible for others at times. Okay, very good. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can't live up to your standards, so. Uh-huh. Okay. So lack of empathy, disappointment that can lead to anger. Okay, very good. Thank you for that. Well done. Hi. What do you have? I would say that those who are <laughs> well said. Yeah. Okay. So they're getting the excess or the lack. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very good. Thanks for saying that. Well, you did it well. Yeah, absolutely. And so your relationship to empathy matters. It's going to show and present itself on the mat. How you see others is how you see yourself. Want to notice that. How you see others is how you see yourself. It can't be anything other than that. So it's like, okay, you have a good sense of what you're dealing with and it's you. Whoa, 60 minutes of dealing with you. Wow. Then you have some idea and perhaps an empathy of what it's like for others attempting to be with you. Wouldn't that be striking? We need to practice and we must. A balanced approach. A balanced approach is the attempt. So have an intention. Sink this into you so you become it. So you leave different from the studio 60 minutes from now. You ready for it? What an entertaining conversation. Thanks for having it. Let's practice. <laughs>